the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. Politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports, part one. The star running back for the Big Ten East Division champion Michigan Wolverines, Blake Corum, will need to have season-ending surgery on his injured knee, which he suffered late in the first half against the Illinois Fighting Illini on November 19th. Among football bowl subdivision running backs, Corum ranks 8th in rushing yards, 28th in rushing yards per carry, and 4th in rushing touchdowns with 1,463, 5.92, and 18 respectively. Donovan Edwards will now get the bulk of the carries in the Wolverines' backfield, while true freshman C.J. Stokes is going to serve as the backup to Edwards for tonight's Big Ten championship game versus the Purdue Boilermakers. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. And good afternoon. I woke up to a pure panic this morning. I'm getting ready for my show. I'm turning up all my equipment and uh, realized my board, my soundboard, this piece of equipment you use, we use in what's called the radio industry, uh, bit the dust. <laughs> and I'm in a panic. And then I remembered, wait, I've got a board I use for remote shows. I can use that one while I'm getting my other one taken care of or replaced. So it's good to be here, Pastor Rick Dietering. Um, Join with me, my co-host, uh, Ed Bondarenka. Phil may be joining us later. I have a question for Derek. Derek, tonight in the big game, I know you're a blue, or a blue and gold fan, but who do you think is going to win this game and why? I predicted on Trigger Talk about a, two hours ago that Michigan is going to win 42-17, to 17, and it just boils down to the fact that Michigan – Last week, they showed that they can be a passing and a rushing offense in the same game, not just here or there. And especially now with Blake Corum, their star running back, out, and Donovan Edwards, the backup running back, showed last week he can take it to the end zone from anywhere on the field. And I believe with a strong offensive line for the Wolverines, that's going to be the ultimate difference and the quick Michigan defense is going to possess some ma major problems for Purdue. All right. You heard it there. I'm not a gambling man, so I'm not going to put any money on it, but I'll take you at your word, Derek. Uh, so I was talking to uh, Ed earlier today, and he said, what are we going to talk about? And uh, I said, you know, the show's going to be, as usual, about absolutely nothing. Uh, and uh, but, uh, talk about anything else. And then I get uh, something pop up in my email. From And I don't know who's sending me stuff from the L.A. Times, but stop it. They're not a newspaper. They're a rag, and uh, they, they put out nothing but tripe. Uh, but they, they have this uh, article that says, A new TV network wants to make Christmas great again. Why is this marriage, uh, why is this message, huh, why is this message uh, harmful? 
So basically, uh, what they're talking about is this uh, new channel out called the Great American Family Channel. Are you familiar with it, Ed? No, I can't hear you, Ed, just so you know. Um, so Ed said no. And um, so uh, the, the Great American Channel is uh, kind of like then taken over by some of the old people uh, from the Hallmark Channel that decided to leave the Hallmark Channel and wanted to do some more Christian-based. It's a Christian company, or they claim to be Christian. Um, we'll go with that. They, they're trying to keep to Christian values. Uh, I can't speak to each and every one of them out there because uh, I don't know them all. And they brought in a number of the actors and actresses from the uh, Hallmark Channel uh, that uh, decided that they didn't like where the Hallmark Channel was going. And uh, instead of celebrating Christmas at Christmas time, they were more involved with trying to su support diversity and equity and inclusion. And uh, to the point where now it's hard to watch a new movie being made by Hallmark where we don't see um, same-sex relationships, kissing and everything else on it, you know, what you're getting on the regular TV. So there... I saw... I saw Daddy kissing Santa. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so uh, one of the people that left was Candace Cameron Bure. Now, that's Kirk Cameron's uh, sister. And she is a devout Christian. And she's she made a statement that uh, she wanted to really show a traditional family. And she got, because she said traditional family, she got all sorts of flack from some of her old co-stars in the past and everything else, that this is harmful and hurtful for her to say traditional marriage. And uh, my question is, in this whole picture of diversity and equity and inclusion, where, where can Christians have their opinions, their views? Where are they allowed to have their views and their beliefs? They're not. We are not allowed to have them because they want diversity, equity, inclusion, as long as it does not include Christians. Let's just be honest about it. We are not included. And it came to mind uh, a passage in, in Scripture in 1 Corinthians. Let me uh, find the passage I'm looking for. Uh, it starts out in... in Chapter 6, uh, verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be de deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, covetous, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's a list that no one part of that list stands out more than another. It's a pretty long list. But then he goes on and says, and such were some of you to the Corinthians. You know, some of you were this people, but you're not that anymore. So I want to say in one way, Christianity is the most exclusive religion. And it's also the most inclusive religion. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. But after that, you've got to believe. If you're not believing, you're not a Christian. You are then excluded from the club until you believe. Got it? <laughs> it doesn't say you can be, a, you can live any way you want to live. And, and because, and Peter, Peter tells us, hey, the world's watching us. We find out there's a whole list here that's not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And some of those people turned their lives around and they believed. 
And with that belief comes something called sanctification. This is a whole theology course that I don't want to get into right now. But <laughs> understand that when you accept Christ, you end up in a relationship with Christ that changes your life. And we're no longer part of the world. And it's becoming more and more evident because right now, Christmas has nothing to do with Christ, not in the eyes of the Hallmark Channel, not in the eyes of the major marketing systems and the toy manufacturers. It's all about making money. There are a few people that want to keep Christmas about Christ. Hello, Ed. Are, are you there? Yeah. Now I can hear you. I saw your lips move, but I didn't hear anything, Derek. Can you hear me? Oh, geez. Pastor okay. Rick's I don't know. Parents. I don't know what happened. I <laughs> all of a sudden I things went crazy. So if that happens, make sure you take over. That was bizarre. It's this new board. I'm oh, I should you. have been listening. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'll start listening. So uh, yeah, thank you. Something about Christ and Christmas. I remember that part. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So this new new channel that's out there, the Great American Family Channel, they're they're not uh, portraying uh, this DEI program. They're trying to show of um, traditional families. And I just saw a movie and it was amazing. Um, my wife and I, as we'd watch these shows, we could comment, okay, they're about to kiss and they're gonna be interrupted. And sure enough, they came close to kissing and then the couple got interrupted. And we could, we could tell everything that was gonna happen. I actually watched one the other night that threw me for a loop. It was about a woman that was all wrapped up into the wrappings of Christmas. And in the end, said, no, this has got to be about Jesus and starts coming back to worship Jesus. What a concept. It wasn't the typical rom-com type situation that you see on these programs. It was actually about coming back to Christ. I was floored, flabbergasted. And, and I'm thankful that there's somebody out there that wants to at least to say Christ is about Christmas or Christmas is about Christ. Yeah, that's right. Go ahead, are they going to have Christmas movies in July also? I don't know. Oh, I have heard of this channel. You were, As you were talking about it, I remember I had read about it. I didn't pay much attention to it at the time because I could care less. But it is a nice concept. I just don't watch those channels, you know? You know, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're definitely rom-coms. And, you know, so they attract uh, generally the, uh, the females. But unfortunately... Oh, hey, wait a minute. No, I just watched Notting Hill couple days ago again i think it's are you just a regular brilliant. boy watching a regular it, channel yeah yeah <laughs> i think it's a, a an actual i don't have any problem with rom-coms it's just the cookie cutters that hallmark's put out with the same actors actresses same plot only the names have been changed to protect the screenwriters and the locations yeah you go from pine valley to spruce valley you just yeah. just saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh yeah, well, wait a minute. I think Dick Cupkey watches these, if I recall. You know, let's, let's see if he's listening. He calls in. All right. Uh, first of all, the the uh, Joe wants to say something about it, and he's going to make a statement, at least in the notes that I have. Candace didn't start this. This was actually this family. Abbott went over to it, which was the pres old president of, of that. And uh, Candace came over because Abbott says, hey, I'm going to put you in charge of, of programming and put her in a lot of stuff. But let's see what Joe has to say. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I knew about the channel, and it was on channel 165 on my Dish Network dish, but I just went to look for it, and it's missing again. So I'm going to have to reach out 
to Dish Network and ask what's going on with that. You had it. Why did it go away? But uh, then you started talking about uh, Xmas and keeping Christ in Christmas. I hope that you will again play your moment on clarity snippet about Xmas and keeping Christ in Christmas, because I, two years ago, recorded a vlog on that and the origins of Christos Mas uh, that people forget, but then you started talking about rom-coms. Well, Lindsay Lohan is trying to make a comeback, and he's she's got one called Falling for Christmas, which is free on Tubi for those who want to check it out. You know, it's, it's kind of hokey rom-com. What more rom than com? There's not really much com in it. But it was worth watching. All right. That was way... T- now... I was just stating that these shows tend to be rom-com, but uh, then I took it back where they're actually at this one channel trying to make it more about Christ, not the rom-coms. You're trying to take me into Lindsay Lohan, and uh, you know I think the last thing she did with any success was Herbie the Love Bug Rides Again or something like that. Um, so uh, that, was that was in between. Famous. What's that? I thought she was famous for being famous. I didn't know. Yeah, I'm she, uh, she I would not call her. Life I would not call her a uh, you know, uh, high end actress. Shouldn't support her. I will. I will say. I shouldn't say. I, I don't see her as a high end actress. She spent a lot of time spending high. So um, <laughs> it's a. But yeah. All right. So. Right now, the All LA right, Times is now Take saying that. Uh, what's that, Joe? Okay, um, so the LA Times and other people and other actors and actresses are coming out saying that this channel is giving uh, harmful and dangerous messages. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because because uh, it's it, it set Cameron, uh, Candace Cameron Bure says she wanted to do traditional family. All right, yeah. That is such a stock response. I was doing some research for my show today and not to get into the details, but there's some stuff about, oh, uh, Supreme Court ruling that's coming up. And these characters are saying this would cause such undue harm to democracy. And it's like everything that that any move to go back to where we used to be is a tremendous blow to whatever it is, you know, human beings, rights, children, uh, it's always something existential from the left that they're going to, you know, us just wanting to return to normalcy is going to destroy everything. That's their stock phrase. Yeah, if we return to normalcy, dogs and cats will be playing in the streets or however that goes. <laughs> dogs and cats living together. together. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I that's know. That's another good Christmas movie is Scrooged. Yeah, so but we won't go there right now. <laughs> right. Human go ahead. sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Yeah. yeah, and that doesn't come from Scrooge. That comes from oh, that's Ghostbusters. Right. Yeah, yeah. Another great Christmas movie because it has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with Christmas. Therefore, it'll fit right into the Hallmark Channel. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Ghostbusters that happens in Pineville. Or is it Spruceville? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, in the end, uh, Zork, the big god, turns into a giant walking pine tree. That would be a great Ghostbusters, wouldn't it? You know, and someone just takes and 
shoots out one of the lights, then all the lights go off, and then the giant monster dies, you know? <laughs> so. Okay, sidetrack. <laughs> Have you seen the last Ghostbusters? Not the one with the women, but the very last one. Where where they give a tribute to uh, to the player who died? Yeah, that's part of it, yeah. But basically, yeah. it's it's almost like a remake of the first Ghostbusters, but it was really well done. I liked it. You know? Yeah, the young girl that played in that one, if you're talking about the same one I have, I think she's a remarkable... They moved out actor. to the farm. Yes, the, and I yeah. don't know the actress's name that plays that, the young girl that plays that. She's Derek. been in... Uh, she's been in... Um, she plays uh, the young friend of Sheldon and young Sheldon, and she's been in a number of different stuff. She actually was in uh, some very adult-oriented, uh, adult-themed... Um, series where that's different <laughs> yeah no uh, adult, adult yeah. oriented is different than adult themed let me tell you <laughs> let, let, let me just not not stuff you'd let your kids watch or i wouldn't let my kids watch but she still did a very remarkable job as an actress she she's just a phenomenal actress in that um and uh she uh like i said i love her in young sheldon because she plays another person that's a great brain mckenna grace thank you um uh, and the show you're talking about is Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm sitting here acting like I know this stuff, but uh, I, I actually got all this from Derek. <laughs> He's sending me notes, <laughs> trying to trying to make me look good. Uh, you're gonna have to try better than that to make me look good. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> that's why you, oh, we're in trouble. Um, so, what is your opinion out there, people? Um, should we throw away our Christian values, our morals, our ethics? Because the rest of the world thinks that our views are harmful and dangerous because we want to live our lives in a way that would be approval to Christ and that we want to marry, uh, the men in the Christian church want to marry women and women in the Christian church want to marry men and uh, sees it as harmful because scripture says it's harmful uh, to step out of that line of what God called marriage. Yeah, go ahead, Ed. I have something very important to say. 734-822-1600. Yes, that is that is as a license plate number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're going to call in, that would be the number, be the to, number call to call in. in. Please join the All conversation. Right. So the um, next thing I'd like to talk about, so this has got me so riled up, is that any traditional family, anything that we want to believe in or accept, they they've... They cannot accept it. We are, they they cry for inclusion, but they will not include us. But you know what? The Bible tells us that the world hates us, right? So why would they want to be included? And why would we want to be included in their games, right? I think Rudolph had it right. Go off and do your own thing. They don't, they don't want you in their games. Go off and do your own thing. And next thing you know, you're leading the sleigh. So. Well, there's, I mean, we don't rule the world right now, but people are going to find out, you know, there's going to be this thousand year period where we do rule the world and uh, we just have to wait for it and they can join us. It's not an exclusive club, as you were saying earlier. It's not an exclusive club. Just have to believe properly. Yeah. Uh, it's the most inclusive because he died for everyone, but it's the most exclusive. If you don't believe, you're not included. You're not part of the party. And why would you? Let me ask you this, people. If you are not a Christian, you don't believe in Christ, why would you want to celebrate a holiday that was invoked about 
celebrating the birth of Jesus. Now, you can give me all the arguments. Well, it's oh, you mean Saturnalia? <laughs> <laughs> you say, oh, Saturnalia, and that's what we're celebrating. But but you say, no, you're celebrating Christmas. That's something different. If you want to celebrate Saturnalia with the rest of the pagans, have at it. But don't they come are. in here. There was a holiday that was designed, regardless of how it got there, it was designed around the idea of celebrating the birth of Christ. We celebrate the first advent of Jesus. So why would you want to be part of that if you don't believe it? And why is it so important that you be included in something that you don't believe in? Years ago, years ago, Sherry and I went, this shortly after we were married, we went to a family member's Christmas party that I'd been going to for a few years. Family's all there and it's Christmas Eve and Sherry and I started sharing our faith, Sherry more than me, of course, you know, about Jesus and the reason for this, the season and the birth. And uh, we were openly mocked for our Christianity. I, I just couldn't believe it. These people are, are you know, fundamentally of a, of a Christian faith that believes in water, child water baptism and different other things, if you get my point. Yeah. And so, so uh, you know, it was enough. we just says, okay, that's enough. We walked away, shook the dust off our, our shoes and we didn't talk to anybody for maybe 10 years. And then we started getting Christmas cards. And then a couple of years later, I was at Northridge at some event and I saw my sister there. She had been saved for two years, thus sending us Christmas cards, but not coming out and saying, hey, I changed my mind about this Jesus thing, which means you too can change your mind about this Jesus thing. Join yeah. the club. Yeah, look what happened with the Corinthians. He says, hey, after he goes through this long list of people that are doing terrible things, he says, so were such such as you were some, yeah, that was you guys. <laughs> In fact, at one point, Paul says, me too. That's, yeah, I was yeah. chief among sinners. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Christ can do amazing things in your life. Uh, I'm, I'm just astounded. And maybe we can use it as an evangelical tool. I don't know. With everyone who wants to jump in on the Christmas bandwagon. You know, folks, when it comes to Christmas, um, I mean, when you get into the, all the wrappings and everything else that has nothing to do with the birth of Christ, uh, I love them. I love the Christmas Carol. I really do. You need by by Dickens. He's my favorite. I liked it up until the point where uh, uh, Scrooge got converted to Christmas, and then it went downhill quickly. You know, Scrooge had the right idea. He was a capitalist. He was making money. Uh, he was living his life, and uh, and he didn't become a socialist until the end. So. Well, you said, you said, you know, your favorite, the Christmas Carol, which Christmas Carol? <laughs> I realized you were talking about the Dickens. book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually read the book by Dickens, right? Mm -hmm. Where he gets, he, he gets converted into socialism. Think about it. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what happened. Charity, not socialism, charity. Forced socialism, forced charity. He was forced by the ghost to give everything he had. I'm telling you. He was convinced by the ghosts. He was, he was yeah, just just as, as the Chinese were convinced by Mao Zedong. <laughs> oh, man, 734-822-1600. Somebody else straighten Rick out because he's not listening to me. That's obvious. The, the ghost showed him the errors of his way, which is exactly what the Bible does for us when we read it. Don't invoke the don't invoke don't invoke the Bible where you, you better said the the writings of Mao Zedong. All right, uh, and the training camps, the, the the socialist training camps. 
Yeah. Don't confuse the little red book with the book with little red letters, okay? <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying, Ed. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, so, Dickens, socialist or not, read his book. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back after these messages. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. Baseball Hall of Fame starting pitcher Gaylord Perry passed away at the age of 84 this past Thursday. Perry released his autobiography titled Me and the Spitter in 1974, which told the story of how he used the illegal spitball pitch between 1964 and 1968 before using Vaseline and KY jelly to doctor the baseball until his career ended in 1983. Despite his propensity to cheat, he received the only ejection of his career for doctoring a baseball as a member of the Seattle Mariners on August 23, 1982, when he was disqualified in the seventh inning of the Mariners' 4-3 loss to the Boston Red Sox by home plate umpire Dave Phillips. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. That's right, that's right, I'm sad and blue, because I can't do the boogaloo. I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing, and that's why I sing. Give me, give me that thing. Silent breed is people! We've got to stop them somehow! Yes, we got to stop them somehow. So... I we take took a break at a very inappropriate time. Thank you for that ding. Um, yeah, I, where I made a comment that Dickens is a communist. Let me tell you where that comes from. There's actually uh, a lot of people that believe that because if you read Tale of Two Cities, the big battle between the French Revolutionists, the French Revolutionists actually becoming their own, they became the demon that they went against. Uh, there are a lot of people that at that time who read Dickens has said that he favored the, the socialist of the time. Um, Dickens himself never agreed to that. He never said he was a socialist, but they use his writings often to support socialist ideas. Um, I don't believe that. Dickens is my favorite non-biblical author. <laughs> so um, I absolutely love the writings of Dickens and they're very, very profound. But they, the socialists and communists, they, they, they take his writings to heart and they think he was a socialist. Um, I actually don't, but there are those that actually do compare his writings to that of the quality of Mao Zedong and uh, Joseph Stalin and uh, the other communist writers out there. So, uh, so if you're getting mad that I called Dickens a communist, understand I'm mimicking those who are trying to ruin Christmas on everything. Everything has to be diverse and equity and included and, uh, Therefore, we must we must take the Dickens approach to Christmas and all convert to Christian uh, Christmas in the way of handing out geese and uh, 
letting people get away with working remotely on Christmas Day and all that other fun stuff. So <laughs> we got a caller on the line. Sherry, how you doing? I'm well today. How are you? Oh, I am so good. Vitamins should be taking me. <laughs> well, while you guys were talking, it totally threw me. I don't understand the connection why people would think socialism and Dickens went together, but I want to tell you, the, A Christmas Carol was the first book my son read, and he's so far from socialism. I'm so grateful for that. That was his favorite book for years and years when he was a little boy. Yeah, Dickens. Dickens spoke out hard against the uh, the the work. He spoke out for the working class at his time. The, he he's seen a. a, a Huge disparity, disparity, disparity. Yeah, I'll get the word out. Get the word out there. Discrepancy. For me. Okay, we'll go with that word. Uh, <laughs> why not? not what I was looking for, but what the heck? Um, uh, that he he saw this huge gap between the upper class and the working class, and the working class having to work uh, abnormally long and hours for very little pay and saw them not really advancing for all the hard work they were doing. He did see that. And this is where a lot of the uh, uh, people say that uh, he, uh, he favored the socialist view, even though you never see actual socialism in his books. You see a little bit of it in uh, Tale of Two Cities, but that's with the French revolutionists. And in the end, they become who they hate the most. They become the higher class, which is a proof, uh, I would say, uh, an argument against it. But uh, no, I was I was mimicking those who cry that Dickens was a socialist. Okay, I I see now I understand. I think it's great when you finish the story of A Christmas Carol. He turns so so far away from where he began, and really, he's I know the it's only, disgusting, um, isn't it? That story is the only story I'm familiar with him about. So. Right. That's why yeah. my association came in with him. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I like to you. At the God beginning bless of the book. you. <laughs> Quit it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thanks for calling, Sherry. <laughs> okay. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who couldn't love that man? He goes home and he has his little pot of food and sits by the fire. You know he's enjoying his evening off, and then he gets he gets the uh, he gets that uh, <laughs> telecom call saying, "Hey, we got to talk to you now about this new package about Christmas." And well, now we'll send three ghosts to talk to you about the advantages of celebrating Christmas our ways. Ronco, take it. Can, can, <laughs> I just can't do this. Wow. Yeah, my take on it is that uh, <laughs> you know he kind of like. Exemplified the hard bitten, greedy capitalist as portrayed at that time, which probably wasn't that representative, but he also represented the soulless uh, factory machine type. Remember, there's a point in the middle of the book where they want to. Are you saying? Are you saying that he was kind of like the Hallmark Channel is now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Soulless. Yeah, but if you remember, there was a point where he worked for Fezziwig and he liked the kind of way that Fezziwig ran the company. And then he takes over the company with his partner and 
they become the big soulless industrial revolution bosses run by run by stock owners representing the interests instead of you know looking out after the people that was the whole you know diver, uh, uh, division there in that and he goes back at the end of the book he goes back to being that original good person you know uh, that's so yeah. that the, that point where, where where he was being responsible to the to the stockholders of his business and everything else that was a bad thing that's what you're saying no but you can balance <laughs> that it's interesting. I work for a company right now, a rather large corporation. That's that's motto is, and I'm I'm waiting to see it put into operation. Is their motto is, "Do unto others as you would have others do unto you." And I've heard that somewhere before. And they they wanted when they bought us, they wanted to give us a a lesson on that. I said, "No, I had that in in uh, Sunday school." Thank you. I, oh, I I, I've lesson. been getting that quote so wrong over the years. Where you say as, I say something different. I put in the word before. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got that wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that, that's part of the problem. I do unto others before they do unto you is what I thought it was. Um, so, yeah, we'll be talking about, hey, Derek, uh, Christmas Eve. Are, are, we'll be live, right? Actually, the plan is right now to have special Christmas music programming like we normally do on Wham. So what, it, it normally starts at 6 a.m. Christmas Eve morning. Oh, so the week oh, before Christmas so Eve, we will be talking about uh, the Christmas Carol in more detail. Well, that's good to know. I'm glad I got. I didn't get that memo, <laughs> so yeah, I had a show planned. But I guess I no. He's right. We do that every year, and it's wonderful. We yeah, but this, this day it's on Saturday. That's the difference. Difference, yeah. yes. So yeah, it's wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, so what are you doing for Christmas? Let's just talk about your Christmas traditions at your house because I'm tired of uh, berating my favorite author, Dickens, because it's fun to do and it gets people upset. And uh, if I can't ruin someone's day, I don't know what I'm doing. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about your day. Well, we, we have, Sherry and I have a tradition and there's a list of movies that we watch between Thanksgiving and up to Christmas. And, uh, it's, you know, It's a Wonderful Life is there. There's a number of of movies, uh, uh, Miracle on 34th Street, and and I insist Scrooge is in that list also, and then A Christmas Carol, and and usually we try to head to Florida to be with uh, family down in Florida, not because it's Florida, but because family's down there, and then we'll we'll go to church with them, we'll do whatever they're doing, whatever they they have time to do with us. I absolutely love love its wonderful life. Mr. Potter is just so wonderful. <laughs> um, hey, Timothy, uh, we got Timothy on the phone. Hey, hey, Pastor hey. Rich, how's it going, brother? It's going so good right now. Uh, I'm, I'm praying my microphone you. dies on me again at this point. <laughs> we can only hope. I just, I just doing, wanted Timothy? to call in and, and, and thank you for all you do, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've known each other for a long time, even in the Republican Party. Uh, years past, and I, I just want to say you're a blessing, and just continue, brother, to run that race. Well, thank you, thank you, and I appreciate that. Love you too, brother. All right. So you Rick is leading a double life. Day. Yeah. Huh? I'm actually a nice guy somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I heard. You are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, you have a wonderful day, Timothy. It's always a nice okay. hearing from you. Merry Christmas, he, Timothy. Yeah, he says things about me no one else would dare. 
<laughs> so I like him. So, um, so yeah, back to your, uh, so you watch your movies. And then, like I said, we go down to, to visit family and because all the family that, uh, all family, Sherry's family moved to Florida about 30 years ago, actually, right after we got married, they all moved to Florida. And so it's a nice excuse to go down there for the winter. And we didn't get to do it last year because we both got hit by COVID and I'm trusting Sherry's shingles will be, uh, gone so that we can make the trip this year yeah it, i tell you my wife had shingles and it, it took weeks for it to completely go away and i don't want to be disparaging that's the word i was looking for disparaging i don't want to be disparaging uh but uh, it didn't fit the context of it would have if i would have if i would have said the sentence i wanted to say but oh, i couldn't okay. think of the right word so i didn't say the <laughs> sentence i wanted to say you see um but thank you joe for getting me off track uh so yeah my wife uh, had shingles but um you know it gets better sherry just just know that it gets better and you know i'm not a big person on uh, certain vaccines but i'm glad i got the shingles vaccine oh i got that one right after she got this i said okay sign me up you know and i'll say this public it's a true vaccine yes and public service announcement there are a number of vaccines for it and i went to the pharmacy and i said give me the vaccine and the guy gives me the vaccine and I got home and I got to thinking about what vaccine did I get? If I were to tell anybody, I just said, give me the vaccine. So I got the Shingus, Shingris, I think it is. Shingris is the latest one. Yeah. And it's, it turns out it's a two poke. Yeah. And they never told me anything about the second poke. So I went back and I asked, so what vaccine did I get? And they says, uh, the girl at the window says, ah, uh, gee, let me check. So she goes, I got Shingris. I says, well, when do I get the second poke? And she says, second poke? I said, yeah, it's a two-parter, it's a binary. And she says, uh, let me check. Oh, two to four months, thank you. So I went to the pharmacist the next time I was in there. I says, you really should tell people this, you know, that you're supposed to come back for the second hit later. And he yep. says, yeah, I appreciate you letting me know that. And I told the story to a couple other people and the same thing, they got the Shingrix, they got the first hit, didn't know they were supposed to go back for a second. Well, I got mine when uh, my wife got her shingles. I said, nope, <laughs> I'm going in and yeah. uh, talked to the doctor. And they said, well, we got to put you on the waiting list because at that time there was a shortage of it. We got to put you on the waiting list because we found out that the Shingrix is really good. So we want you to have that. Uh, but there's a waiting list. So you're going to have to wait. Then you'll have to wait for the second shot. They told me right up front. My doctor is great. I love my doctor. Uh, she's wonderful. So I got the shot, then they got me, they had to make sure that there was going to be the second one in time for me to get it. And that was the problem is we can give you one shot now, but we're not sure if we're going to have the backup shot for you. So I had to get the one shot and when they knew that they were going to have the others in and got them both. And I'll tell you what, shingles is not fun. And uh, you and I grew up at a time where we we got chicken pox as kids, right? We had this conversation. You know, I was at, working with... I was working with a maintenance guy and he's 38 years old. And I was telling him about this and he says, yeah, I got shingles about eight years ago. I said, you were 30 when you got it? And he says, yeah, yeah. I says, uh, did you had chicken pox when you were a kid? Because I figured 30 years ago, they already had the, the vaccine for the yeah. chicken pox. But he said, no, no. He says, my mom, you know, got me with the other kids in the neighborhood. Let's have the chicken yeah. pox party. And I thought, well, that's a tradition. You that Your mom did that for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah hey. same here. Everybody I know, you know, all the neighbor kids get together for the, the chicken pox party. Yeah, it, it always seemed like the our neighbors two doors down the sea courts. They would always get them before us. We had a big family. They had three kids, okay? They had three. We had like, uh, we had 
My mom had litters, not, not dog <laughs> We had lots of kids at the house at all times. And uh, so when, when one of the Seacord uh, kids would get the mumps or chicken pox or measles, whatever, hey, kids, time to go over to the Seacords or we'd have them over to our house, you know? <laughs> so yeah. my mom would bring them over and take care of them so Mrs. Seacord could do her job and stuff. But uh, mostly it was to make sure we got it. And uh, then there's a... Another illness that comes with mumps, I don't know what it is, that if it's not taken care of, um, that I got afterwards. And uh, it was almost lethal for me. So, I mean, stuff like mumps and chicken pox, yeah, it can be uh, rough. And be thankful that those vaccines are out there, if you can get them. They, they are true vaccines. They don't mess with your DNA. They, they, they won't give you blood clots and long stringy things in your veins. And Yeah. Yeah. Myocarditis. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm talking to a guy who, yeah, actually had the shot. Oh, I don't mean to depress let me you. tell you. No, no. Let me tell you is because uh, I could no longer claim religious exemption because I got the first. I did get the first one before I knew what it was all about. They were kind of new. And I'm sitting there and my dear friend, uh, Pastor Max, was getting up in age. And I did not want to be the one who gave Pastor Max the disease that killed, you know, could kill him. He never got COVID, thank God. Uh, so I started with the vaccine, and at that point, the more I found out, um, the more I realized I made a mistake because I was getting side effects from it, and really didn't notice it until the second, until the first booster, and uh, then I got a new job where they say, "Well, you're not going, you're going to have to get the shot. Well, you won't get the exemption because you've had the first booster and you've had the main shot." And uh, I said, "But I had reactions," and. Uh, I said, well, we got a study. We want you to help us figure out what's going on with people like you who have effects through the shots. So go on down. So I go down and I get the second booster. And uh, no one would believe this story. And I thank God that my wife is was standing right next through the whole test. They gave me the second booster. My blood pressure went up to over 200, over 100 and something. Immediately within minutes after the shot. Just shot way up high. They released me with my blood pressure that high. You know, they didn't say, hey, we're going to put you in a different part of the hospital because this was at the hospital. It was, okay, your part of the study's done. Thank you very much. Um, have a good day. <laughs> you know? Jeez. And uh, they released me. And so, yeah, there, there are def definitely side effects. I am, I am a living and talking and telling person that can tell you there are side effects to that, and uh, they were trying to figure out why the allergic reactions, and then I'm doing allergic in air quotes, um, allergic reactions to people that aren't showing themselves as normal allergic reactions, such as mine. All right, so we've got your wife on the phone. We might as well get my wife on the phone because, well, uh, she scares me more than you do, Ed. So, <laughs> hey, Gaylene, how you doing, hon? Hey, you know, it's I, I wanted to add this to the whole COVID vaccine thing, and they're saying now that most of the people who are dying from COVID are the ones that have the vaccine. The other mm -hmm. thing that they're talking about now that I'm reading all the time is, um, sorry, massive blood clots that are uh, happening because of protein strands building in the blood, and that there are doctors talking about this. They're talking about the um you know like eight inches long blood clots in their in the veins that they're having to do uh interventions on to pull them out so that people aren't dying from this stuff they're finding them in bodies of 
when they do autopsies. It's terrifying, and this is all because of the vaccine. Um, another thing that's happening is that there's some massive lawsuits. If you, wa- if you uh, follow Judicial Watch, they're doing uh, some lawsuits against the FDA because FDA basically suppressed ivermectin, which is simple, stupid medicine that has been on the market as safe forever. This is the horse medicine that they kept talking about. And they actually suppressed people taking ivermectin, and, and they, they essentially told doctors they couldn't. And they have, um, oh, no, we just suggested that it wasn't appropriate. No, you didn't suggest it. You basically told doctors that they could get in trouble for providing ivermectin. Um, and, I, you know, I, I follow the Judicial Watch uh, newsletter. I get that. And so I read about these things, and there's two or three others out there that are talking about it as well. It, it's, it's horrifying what our own FDA has done. Our Food and Drug Administration is supposed to be out there protecting us from bad medicine, and they're not. In fact, they're keeping, they're keeping people from getting good medicine. And I just you so, know, wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, so just to uh, add, add to that, uh, so what you're saying is they're finding out that the vaccine is harmful and dangerous. So, folks, if you want to do something harmful and dangerous, do not get the vaccine. Watch the Great American Ch- Family Channel. Because that, wow. according, that, according to the L.A. Times, is harmful and dangerous. Hey, Gaylene. Yes. You know, I, I, I interviewed a doctor, Dr. Jeff Barkey, a couple weeks ago, and uh, he's actually suing because the state of California is coming down with a law that says he and his and Dr. Mark McDonald, his partner, they cannot uh, they cannot after January first speak of hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. And we talked about like Stacio Grandsick, whose uh, husband uh, was denied ivermectin after having been given it in Beaumont, and he was recovering. Then the administration found out about it, and they took it away. And his he plummeted right after they took it away. He plummeted and died. And doctors in there said, I know it would help him, but it's my job. I can't afford to lose my job. And it's the corporatization of doctors that's the ruination of our healthcare system right now. Uh, thank oh, you for calling, Gillian. I've got it's to get this horrifying. public service to know. I mean, you can even buy ivermectin over the counter in other countries. It's not even re- regulated. I mean, this is, this is insanity. The... Uh, the other issues is that, you know, I, this is, you gotta, you gotta go back to Agenda 21. I mean, and I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist, but you really have to go back to Agenda 21, which is how do we quickly reduce the population? And that's right. what they're doing. They're trying to sterilize children. They're trying to abort babies and they're trying to kill off people that may or hey, may Gaylene, not be. Hey, Rick won't tell you, society. but you gotta stop talking. All right. Hey, thank, thanks you for calling me. I've got to get this public announcement out. We had uh, uh, one of our Wham uh, radio announcers call in and say, "Hey, it's okay for you to talk about this." So I'm going to talk about it uh, next next week from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. next Saturday, December 10th. Mark that on your calendar. Uh, the Salvation Army Toy Drive is uh, there's a remote broadcast there. We're going to be there. Dick Cuppy's going to be live there, right? Derek? Correct. Yeah, I see you were nowhere near your mic, so I thought I'd ask you a question. Yeah, and <laughs> and Theron, host of On the Edge, will be there as well. Fantastic. So Walmart's 11- or Salvation Army? Where are they going to be? Walmart. 
Walmart and Celine. 11 a.m. to 1, 1 p.m. So that way you can listen to my show on the way back from giving the kids some toys that they give them a happier Christmas. You can be Ebenezer Scrooge after the conversion and take the kids some toys. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't listen to me when it comes to Scrooge because when it comes to the toys for the kids, that's a good thing. I just feel sorry 1, for the 1,600 toys for boys and girls. <laughs> girls, yes. Next week, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's all I'm saying. And your wife, Gaylene, was talking about uh, death cults. And actually, I'm going to get into that at the end of my show. Uh, I've, it's an interest I have that the depopulation of America, um, the, they're just trying to kill us. Hey, on that happy note, yeah, <laughs> we love you all. <laughs> we'll see you next week on A Moment of Clarity. You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham Talk 1600. With your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week, right here on Wham Radio. And now, more with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering, on Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Red Wings earned their 13th win of the season when they defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2 this past Tuesday. Michael Rasmussen scored a goal in the first two minutes of the first period, and Jonathan Bergren lit the lamp nearly six minutes into the third period before the Red Wings' final two goals were scored into an empty net courtesy of Adam Ernie and David Perron, three minutes and 13 seconds apart. Dominique Kubalik, Joe Valeno, and Ali Mata each accumulated an assist. Andrew Kopp and Philip Hronik combined for four helpers. Kopp, Ernie, Mata, and Hronik each amassed a plus-two plus-minus rating, and Ville Husso prevented 44 shots from going into the Detroit net. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. That's right, that's right, I'm sad and blue, cause I can't do the boogaloo. I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing, and that's why I sing. Gimme, gimme that thing. Silent breed is people! We gotta stop them somehow! We gotta stop them somehow! We had our chance in the election, but nope, we're going to keep eating the green stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Well, so how has, how to, to the listeners, how has COVID changed your life? What are you seeing are the big changes out there? Uh, I see a lot. I'm hoping the callers will call in and, and say some of the stuff that they're seeing. Uh, 734-822-1600. Um, I want your opinion on this. Has it changed for the better? Uh, I earlier <laughs> earlier um, 
Ed, Ed, Ed tried to put uh, lipstick on a pig by saying at least now people can make comments on the side during the service instead of paying attention to what the pastor's saying. Uh, I don't see that as a plus. I don't see it as a good thing. But, you know, he's able to put lipstick on that pig. So, hey, there you have it. Uh, what was what was so funny, Ed, about is, is it better? <laughs> um, it's better. I, I know. I, I seriously, I had somebody tell me that I said, well, they don't see any real big change. Things are back to normal. I don't see that. I don't see how things are back to normal at all. Uh, We're fighting a war in Ukraine because, I mean, look, the election occurred because of COVID. I don't doubt that was the whole point of the exercise was to give us this illegal regime that's now got us involved in a war in Ukraine, is now spending the treasury like there's no limit is now uh, crashing the economy, bringing people in from across the border nonstop. I mean, think of everything wrong that's going on. It's a result of COVID. I, yeah, go ahead, think, Phil. I'm sorry, I got a little excited I, I, there. I think that uh, the aftermath of the election, the speech that Chuck Schumer got out of, out of chill everybody's blood I mean, he here he says that they're they uh, they want to codify the uh, the the abortion laws to make make it constitutional. Now the other one, they said that that was constitutional. It wasn't, but the constitutional way is to have the people voted in and then, then Congress do it. But still. It is giving government power that it did not have, and and you 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 see now that they have uh, put some limits on what you can say. Well, I will, uh, I will, I will make this statement. I'm going to make this very clear, and I want you, I want you people out there in the audience to hear this. All right. Every time the Democrats have been successful in the elections is because they have come across and said, listen, you want to you want to do drugs? We're going to make it legal. You want to kill your babies? We're going to make it legal. You want to do this thing wrong and that thing wrong? We'll turn our head and we'll make it okay. So instead of having any, what they're doing is they're playing into the vices of man. Yes. And uh, hey, the, the man is not short of vices, all right? And... Just because they're making them legal do, does not make it right. And right now, one of the big problems that uh, the Democrats have is if the Supreme Court ever came through and recognized the humanity of the child in the womb and said, hey, that child has the same human rights and same protection as any other human in the, born in the United States, um, that would take away their their ability, unless they could talk the people into get, going in and voting against it, as we've seen in Michigan. People are going to vote to do depraved things. People are going to vote to murder their children. I'm sorry, that's why it happened. People don't like it when I use the M word, murder, but that's what it is. It's murder of a human being. It's the taking the life of an innocent. And uh, there's no way around that, which means what I just said will take away any chances for me to ever run for president, all right? Um, because I said abortion is murder, but it is. And, uh, but that's not... We are noticing as people were shut up and in, in locked in their houses, uh, drug use went up. Guess what? They had to go outside and buy those drugs. 
but the use of heroin-based products, opioids, skyrocketing since since uh, COVID. Um, they've got to go deal with their drug dealers outside. They shouldn't be able to. Another effect of what the government's done with COVID is it's made more people, given more people more vices in which then they can vote for a more depraved nation. Yeah. Another, another effect of COVID is basically we got this uh, vaccination that they call it, you know, the shot, the injection. And then we got the mandatory. When you go to the government, you know, we got, and institutions, we've got the mandatory taking of this injection or you lose your job. And we know so many people, including our friend uh, Tim Rugg, who lost his job because he stood up and said, I'm not doing it. And, and, and we have so many people who have left the military because they're they're not doing it. now. Fortunately, we just had uh, the Republicans uh, stood up and said, no, we're not voting for this uh, defense bill until you take this out about having to have mandatory injections to be in the military. But still in all, that's really cost us. Uh, cost us as a nation, cost us as individuals. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you right now, uh, and I've had conversations with people over, they were putting in to get a, uh, uh, a variant so they didn't have to get the shot and they wanted to get a, a religious exemption. And my question is, is do you really believe religiously that God opposes this? I don't like to invoke God's name if you don't believe it. I, I, and I firmly believe that. Um, don't use God as a political tool. If you really think it's a sin, well, then by all means, fight it and, and, and go for the exemption. If you're using God as just uh, uh, for your political whims, don't do that. And you mentioned Tim Rugg. He's one person I know who has a religious feeling against the shot. He, he can lay it out. He can say why to the point he was willing to and did get fired, you know, and... and um, there are people that have very strong religious convictions about getting the shot. And knowing what I know about it now, I don't blame them. You know, but suicide suicide is against my religion. And taking that shot is like taking is like playing Russian roulette. Or just reading about or listening to the news about this uh, uh, World Federation of Soccer guy that just died. Like everybody's shocked that he just died. I'm not shocked. We got soccer players on the field, you know, dying. I'm not shocked. They took the shot. That's suicide. That's against my religion, damaging the temple of God that the, you know, God gave me. That's to a maintain. big one. Yeah, yeah. This, this is more than just building up immunity against something. This is actually causing you to, your body to produce something it normally doesn't produce, um, in which to fight it. It's producing proteins which are causing other medical problems within the people. I tell you what. Um, they rushed that out, and for the right at the beginning, they had everyone convinced it was a vaccine. It's not a vaccine, and it's, it's, so we're all done. Hey, we got a caller on the line who wants to talk about actually what I opened this up about uh, the impact of what the government has done with COVID. Gary, brother Gary, our our person in Arizona, how are things in AZ, and how are you doing? And go ahead and give us your opinion. Hey, partner. Things are chaos here in Arizona. We've got all kinds of lawsuits and stuff flying all over the place because they stole the election down here. Uh, we have the bona fides. We have the receipts. Carrie Lakes filed a uh, lawsuit against uh, anybody she can't. So we're fighting to keep America strong down here. My opinion about the COVID, however, 
Now, there's several aspects of it, and you have to take each one separately. Because first is the mask. The mask has put the fear in the kids and the ignorant and the weak-minded in this country yep. um, that they never should have felt. They should have never had the government pushing this fear on them for um, several years now. And second Correct. is the man, uh, the uh, vaccination, which is not a vaccination, but the jab. That's a different issue because the jab is supposed to relieve the fear, but it just enheightened the fear because it didn't work. And now, as you were saying, people are dropping dead all over the place. And we cannot um, recruit people into our military because it becomes non-effectual. Um, you get in there, do your training, they say, take this jab, you say no, and they throw you out. So there's no sense in going there if you're not going to be able to do what you want to do with your body. And the kids, the suicide rate is going to quadruple in the next yep. 10 and 15 years. Uh, due to various things the United States government has done to the citizens of the United States, it's, it's not a secret. It's, it's not even hard to see. The, the government has betrayed us like nobody's business, and they are actively trying to keep us dying. They are actually advertising the jab on television, telling you this is the way to keep you safe when all the uh, evidence shows the opposite. So, the, I mean, they're advertising for the death in a jab or what uh, the suicide that Ed was talking about. Now, I know you're down in Arizona, and I, I had received the, the morning after the election, I received a call from a, uh, a relative down in Arkansas. And said, "What?" And uh, she can every now and then swing a little bit Democrat, but she called up and she says, "What is wrong with Michigan? Even Democrats down here wouldn't vote for that which you guys just elected again for governor. What is wrong with Michigan? Even the Democrats in other states know that she's evil. What was your reaction? Did you hear that Whitmer had won relatively soon down in Arizona? Well, I did because I have connections in Michigan." <laughs> Now, so the reason I'm asking that is I'm, people I'm asking all over the state, and they, they say that they show Whitmer as a model Democrat who got things done, who got abortion legalized in her state, and they're making this argument all over the state that she is the, the perfect Democrat. However, there are some Democrats that are speaking out against against it, but eventually they'll adopt into the party if that's what they get, right? What, right. And, the and they're going to build Democrat that as the model, the model Democrat. Bottom a devious bottom-feeding scumbag. That is the perfect Democrat. They don't accept anything else. If you ain't willing to hang your soul in the closet and go out there and murder babies, they don't want you. So I have no Democrat friends anymore. It just does not happen because these people are out to destroy my union, my nation, the republic as it stands. And they're well on their way of doing it. And as long as they can jury-rig uh, elections and steal them uh, ad hoc, like they seem to be doing now, uh, without any kind of real repercussions, then then it's toast. This this nation is on its way to oblivion. Uh, let me give you the statement my that my Democrat relative gave, or I say, I say Democrat. She tends to lean Democrat. Uh, let me give you her statement and, and get your opinion on it. Uh, and she said she blames COVID on this too. She says the the. Democrat Party of John Kennedy is dead. The Democrat Party of Ted Kennedy is stronger than ever. Oh, you mean the lion? Ted Kennedy, the, the scumbag from yes, they called him the lion. Um, uh, yeah, 
uh, that that's true enough. But it, it's hard to um, quantify those kind of statements because I don't really know those guys that much. You know what I'm saying? But in general, sure, the Fair mood, the, the way the parties um, do things and stuff changes with time. But uh, the re- Democrats have been the enemy of America forever, for a long time. They've always suppressed people and beat people and lynched people. So it, it's nothing new. I mean, what did they do two or three uh, years ago with the, the summer of riots and people dying all over the country? You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's the same old story. You know, New Day, same problems. One 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 uh, event that wasn't for their purpose, they turned into the evil of of the country, and that was January sixth. Oh, this is terrible, 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 terrible! Yell, yell, yell! And it was nothing at all compared to any of the other stuff that was done by BLM or Antifa or any of those other movements. Um, not even close. Where right. was the cry out when cities were burning? Right? That's what makes them bottom-feeding scumbags. These, these people can't even uh, recognize reality when staring them in the face. They don't want to. Their goal, they get up every day trying to figure out how they're going to destroy the country. That's what they do. They have no other goal in, in their mind except for to check. Oh, one more has come up, which is to completely and utterly destroy Christianity and wipe it yeah. out of existence in America. That is their new goal. And if anybody wants to challenge me on that, come on. There's a, oh, I'm not going to, I, I believe it. There is a book that uh, Pastor Max, when he was still with us, he, he recommended it strongly that I read it now. Uh, and, and yes, he strongly recommended that anyone read the Bible. So it's not the book I'm talking about. It's another black book. It's called The Black Book of Communism. Um, and it lays out, it was written by communists, written by ex-communists. Uh, and uh, they laid out the fact that in this country, Their goal was to take over the Democrat Party because that's the only one that would take them, that they would take over the Democrat Party and turn the Democrat Party into the Communist Party of this country. Everyone said, no, that won't happen. That's exactly what has happened. And part of the agenda of the, and Theron used to, and I don't know if he still does, he used to always do this whole show based on the Communist Manifesto um, of what their plans were. And they're dead on. They're going to take over the Democrat Party. They're going to take over the education system. They're going to get the kids. They're going, they did everything that they designed to do, and they did it through the Democrat Party. And they used COVID as one of their tools, the same as they're using COVID for the Great Reset. The same right. as, the, I mean, there's so much that COVID has gotten into and is causing the change in this world. COVID is going to, the use of COVID, the government's use of government uh, COVID, is going to change the economic face of this world. And people uh, yeah. are allowing it. Well, people, uh, that's one of the things that's changed after COVID is that we now know that we cannot trust the medical industry at all. Doctors stood by and allowed this to happen, you know. So uh, for most of my life, I relied on the doctors to be truthful and helpful and all that stuff. Not not anymore. Um, You have no idea what you're walking into when you walk into an office anymore. Yeah, well, my wife, I believe she called into this show uh, and, and mentioned about someone who was getting treatment that was working. It involved hydrochloroquine. 
and it was it was working and the person was getting better and all of a sudden uh the governor made it illegal in the state to do it if you used it you'd lose your license so they had to take away this medicine that was working getting this guy better uh and uh the doctor says i have to do it or i'll lose my license where do, where does the oath that a doctor takes saying do no harm come in to play on this knowing that this was helping but not allowing a doctor to do it if you were a doctor would you would you have done it or would you've lost your and take a chance of losing your livelihood or would you just play along to get along as this doctor did and the person ended up dying the, you know the, the patient did end up dying yes well that happened I with uh, Stacy O'Grancheck I think that, that happened with Stacey O'Grancheck and her husband, black. exactly, at Beaumont. The doctor said, uh, uh, I, I, I cannot give you the, uh, the stuff we know will save his life and stuff. That he had already been getting ivermectin. And then the doctors, the administration of the hospital said, you must stop doing that. And so he stopped doing that or he'd lose his job. So much for the oath well, he took, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you guys are proving my point there about the doctors. You know, they're just yep. guys. They're just men like the rest of us. So they're feeble and allowed to, uh, you know, do bad things. But uh, we we see it expanding uh, the way that they're doing with with the uh, the natural resources in the country. They have shut down the oil industry, shut down the, the and and then they turn around and tell us that there's a shortage and. Uh, it it it, uh, it 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 hasn't uh, stopped the, the the pollution and stuff like that. Even though we're losing less, using less of the phone. So what what is that? What is their goal? Their goal is power. You know, you make you make a good point. And I want to say this before I say why it's a good point. Uh, next week is our last show before Christmas. So next week we will be talking about Christmas traditions within our families. Please be ready to call in with some of your traditions. We'll be happy to say it. We will be playing some Christmas music uh, in our show and uh, talking about Christmas traditions, Christmas movies. And uh, so that'll be next week. But um, as you point this out, and, and I'm looking at things going on with the with the Great Reset and with the medical system and with the government. And I'm realizing that our government no longer tries to rule by offering security. They rule by offering fear. And they're keeping us in a constant state of fear, which is exactly why, as Gary pointed out, suicides are going up. And people are panicking. They're in fear about the global warming. They're in fear about the economy. They're in fear about diseases. They're in fear about anything they're in fear for everything going around um people who i knew were sound of mind all of a sudden because of the news they could not go outside because of this covid they were terrified people that were you would think would be more intelligent than than that were allowed to be made so terrified to even interact with family during the holidays and, uh, i i have an active fear my own personal fear of my grandchildren in the public school system, yeah. they uh, th everywhere you turn, and now American Girl, which is a doll company, is pushing transgenderism and trying to actually destroy American girls. I mean, how far can it go? I mean, w when is Christianity going to realize that they're under assault and their people are under assault, 
and they need to stand up and do what's required, which is go to all of these places that are having these transgender um, parties and uh, you get uh, the, the uh, talking uh, story hour, go there and pray. Go there. Just stand there and pray. Kneel and pray. Yep. Pray any way you want to. But make your opposition be known that you do not want to live in a country where demonology and mutilation of the children hey. is standard fare, and you just sat on the couch and let it happen. Gary, Gary, I, I love you, brother, but I love this next caller a little bit more. I got to take it, so thanks for calling. Hey, Gaylene, hey, how you doing? Keep it quick. We only have a couple minutes left. Hi. You know, it's an interesting show. Um, I wish I could have heard all of it, but... I did want to bring out, you know, Agenda 21 is all about, and they are right on schedule, it is all about reading from the population. That's why they are denying life-saving care, even though we have a law in the books that says you have the right to try. They are neutering our children. They are, you know, promoting abortion all the way up until after the baby's born. Um, It's that's what this whole COVID thing is about. This was you know, released Gilly, in time for to, them to hit their Agenda 21 goals. Yeah, except they, I think they made it 30 now. Uh, but you said something the other night that really struck me. We were watching a commercial for some medicine for eczema. And she says, you know, it's really, I'm going to quote you, Gail, and you basically said it's really uh, bad that when you see a young girl on TV, you don't know if it's actually a little boy anymore. Right. You know, yeah. So, there, there's this this girl who's dancing. Hey, that's the music plan. Like, Thank you for calling, Gaylene. We gotta go, folks. Next week, Christmas music. See you then. been listening to a moment of clarity on wham talk 1600 with your host pastor richard Dietering. be sure to tune in again next week right here on wham radio 